Welcome to Speaker for the Living, a podcast that explores human trafficking, forced labor, and all things related, which may soon include modern slavery as a another term. And my name is Seth Dare. I am one of the hosts. I am here with JJ Janflone. What up? I would like to point out that this podcast also discusses, you know, our depression, our ennui, our general malaise, as well as some positive things we feel about the human trafficking field. It goes along with human trafficking. The focus of today's episode will be National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month 2018, although JJ and I have some alternate titles. My my title would be Trafficking Victims Protection Act has expired, and JJ, yours was? The TVPA is fake news. Whatever fake news is, anyway. The the TVPA is an illusion. The TVPA is a false error alert sent out to Hawaii. It is a fallacy. I don't know. The TVPA is is kaput, (laughs) Is, is what it is. Which mostly means funding. We'll talk about that more shortly. But first... I'm looking at the proclamation from the White House. President Donald J. Trump proclaims January 2018 as National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Good on ya, President Trump. Although I should mention that in 2010, President Obama initially proclaimed January as National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. So I appreciate that Donald Trump has continued on that tradition. This is one thing I am thankful for Ivanka Trump in this regard, that she cares a lot about human trafficking and has made that more of an issue in his administration than it would be otherwise. So thank you, Ivanka. So almost a year ago, partially in a meeting that Ivanka helped facilitate, uh, Donald Trump said he would do a lot for human trafficking, had a bunch of anti-trafficking organizations in. But then in May, when Mulvaney wrote the Trump White House budget. They cut in that budget the End Modern Slavery Initiative, which runs out of the State Department, as well as the International Labor Affairs Bureau, which is in the Labor Department. Since the budget is a recommendation of what the White House wants, neither of those things happened. In his proclamation, which was proclaimed, on December 29th, mentioned his executive order to dismantle transnational criminal organizations, including those who perpetuate the crime of human trafficking. He mentioned his interagency task force to monitor and combat human trafficking, which President Obama started. He mentions that uh, Department of Health and Human Services is going to establish a new national training and technical assistance center to assist healthcare industries anti-trafficking response. Great mentions that he's going to sign two bills, neither of which have gone through the House and Senate, one of them on human trafficking commercial vehicles and one of them on uh, trafficking on our roads. Now, what the document he signs mentions, mentions the Department of Labor has a mobile app. Great. And I will note that the White House budget from last year wanted to cut a Department of Labor program. Most notably, and I'll quote, it says the Department of State has contributed $25 million to the Global Fund to End Modern Slavery because of the critical need for cross-nation collaborative action to counter human trafficking. I am thrilled 
this is still around, but he's taking credit for the program that his budget cut. That's the sort of thing that can make one a little cynical. But it's still around, and this is uh, one of the first years this is going, so it's really, really important that it get off the ground because this is an annual contribution. When President Trump talked about anti-trafficking measures a year ago, I was cautiously optimistic. I wanted to be able to praise him for things, and since human trafficking does have some relation to borders, so I was hopeful, but now I have a pretty clear idea that it's really not that important to him. So we were we were trying, I think, really hard at the beginning, particularly to like be fair, to to give to give Trump his due, if you will, initially when when this whole shebang went down. Unfortunately, this administration I think has now proven that it doesn't it doesn't care about human trafficking at all beyond the fact that it, it it's use as a homeland security tool. And where that gets in even more deep is we had an episode on human trafficking legislation that was in Congress. We talked about a half dozen bills. There's some different bills that passed the House and the Senate. And I had the expectation that the Frederick Douglass reauthorization of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act had made progress. So I looked at it in preparation for this episode and realized that no major piece of legislation relating to human trafficking made it through both houses of Congress to the president in 2017. The only part that did was a small update to the Department of Homeland Security blue campaign, but nothing else. So in looking at the Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act of 2013, it provided funding through end of fiscal year 2017 mm-hmm. for the initiatives that were part of the TVPA. That has now lapsed, which gets more concerning when this is not being discussed very much. Part of that falls on the White House and part of that falls on Congress. At this point, I don't really care who's to blame other than we have a proclamation and we have President Trump signing a document where it mentions two bills and the TVPA is not one of them. So again, these are the things that make me cynical and rather upset, especially if they don't get this going. And we're, we're doing this podcast on Thursday, January 18th. By the time we publish this, it's possible there's a government shutdown. So we will see. This is important. Like if we're going to actually have efforts against human trafficking, we have to pass the legislation in the pipeline. And what it likely means is there were reauthorization efforts in more than one bill. So as you may be learning, if you didn't already know, in following Congress and watching them do other bills, when the House and the Senate pass similar bills that have differences, then it has to go to be reconciled in a committee where they have to look at the differences and come out with one bill that once again, that both the House and the Senate have to pass because they have to pass the same bill. So that seems to be what would have to happen next. I don't know where that's at on their agenda, but I'm kind of inclined to call and find out. Well, and as we've discussed in other, like, it all comes back to funding, right? I mean, we've discussed this in other posts. Stuff without funding has no teeth because the funding is what leads to the implementation. And so when you've removed any sort of monetary source, you've it, it doesn't even matter then if it is approved. 
So on that note, I mentioned the Department of Homeland Security's blue campaign, which President Trump's announcement says, quote, all Americans can learn to recognize the signs of human trafficking and how to report suspected instances. And with that, I'll hand it off to you, JJ. Yeah, so so let's say that you go to the Blue Campaign's homepage, which Seth and I will link to you because we like to cite our sources. Again, this is one of the, we get comments sometimes about like, well, aren't you happy that people are putting forth an effort? I am, but not when it leads to be hurtful. So the Blue Campaign says that it is about awareness and education and victim-centered organizations that the Department of Department of Homeland Security is responsible for investigating human trafficking, arresting traffickers, and protecting victims, and that it provides immigration relief to non-U.S. citizen victims of human trafficking, and that it uses a victim-centered approach. Yet, who the primary contact is for the Blue Campaign, as identified and uh, the under the Identify a Victim tab is the um, Department of Immigration, also known as ICE or U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. I'm going to just be calling them ICE because I think that's how they're normally referred to. I mean, if you watch Law & Order or things like that, ICE is the, the phrase that they drop. So on their webpage, they list, the Department of Defense lists specifically, or the Department of Homeland Security rather, that they want you to call the ICE hotline to report suspicious criminal activity to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and that that tip line and or by submitting a tip online at www.ice.gov tips, you will be reporting human trafficking happening. However, that is the, if you look up the phone number that they list, it is the generic number for their crime tip line. And what you are supposed to report to this tip line is terrorism, cybercrimes, drug smuggling, money laundering, human rights violators, import-export violations, child pornography or exploitation, document and or benefit fraud, gang-related crimes, intellectual property rights violations, worksite enforcement, and suspected illegal immigration, in addition to human trafficking slash human smuggling. Now, we've talked in other podcasts about the problem of people not understand the difference between human trafficking and human smuggling. We've also talked about how, particularly in a U.S. context, but also in other countries as well, victims of human trafficking are, are often terrified that if they're identified or if they get involved with the government of the country that they're in, that they will be deported and sent back to their home country. Say that I am someone who has been trafficked from Mexico into the United States. I am reported then to ICE. The fear is that, one, I could be deported back to my home village where the very people who were responsible for bringing me into the U.S. and trafficking me have a presence, uh, want their money back or what they would deem their investment back, and can now harm my family. There's also then the fear of being trapped in a detention center. Uh, Government never moves quickly. The fear of being separated from children uh, or maybe from other people that they become close to. And it is only after you've identi- you've contacted ICE uh, via this phone tip line or this government tip line that they want you um, to, to contact, they suggest contacting the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which we've talked about quite a lot. I'm going to give you the number one more time. It's 1-888-373-7888, which you can also um, text them 
at 233-733 to get help or information. I am just very concerned that the hotline that actually is dedicated to helping victims of human trafficking that understands human trafficking, that has experts on human trafficking working for it, is listed after a generic tip line that is mostly concerned uh, with criminality. Furthermore, they have on this page, um, it links you to the ICE page that says how, how things that ICE has done recently that they consider to be noteworthy. And just a quick, a quick scan through is removing a French national wanted for murder, doing a Hezbollah investigation team, uh, firearm charges, uh, last of two illegal aliens from Mexico sentenced to 12 years for trafficking cocaine. Uh, i not seeing any, you know, uh, just as I'm, as I'm scrolling and scrolling, that there's a lot of targeting criminal aliens and immigration fugitives. I've, I've yet to see human trafficking victim services being provided. And as we've talked about, again, I mean, like at this point, we're self-referencing our own podcast so much. But what we do see increasingly is this sort of idea, this belief that people have that if, if you get picked up as a victim of human trafficking by the U.S. government, that like automatically you're given a visa and citizenship and protections. And the reality is that that's not the case. Those special visas for victims of, of crime and specifically the crime of human trafficking are, are very hard to get. They're very, very rare. They're very dependent on circumstance and, and the victim profile that you meet. Um, and of, of the entire page of and important notable events there are there are two trafficking charges one from milwaukee one from detroit uh both that involve sex trafficking so that's that's just a concern that that i have that while you're attempting to be helpful i i a lot of people are gonna be very loath to call ice on an individual that they think is being harmed or exploited and and i you know i wonder about people getting the, the right attention, especially if this is a victim self-reporting. I, I think a victim self-reporting to a government agency is, is unlikely. I think it's far more likely to have a victim self-reporting to a care professional from the human trafficking hotline. Well, in a perfect framework of security and unlimited funds and everything, the idea that one could lock down the border completely and, and that there would be no one here, quote, illegally, course i have to mention at that point like 30 percent of people cross legally and then don't leave yeah. when they're supposed to so that wouldn't fully address that either unless you have the resources to monitor everyone or unless you shut down your your borders completely which is not realistic any more than having no people here illegally that is just flat out impossible that doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything about it or have less people here in an undocumented status. It's saying we have to go somewhere in between. So that said, the three Ps of human trafficking are prosecution, protection, and prevention. And prosecution is where the human trafficking efforts tend to be and tend to be worldwide. Even under Obama, they were skewed toward prosecution. Now, under President Trump, they are skewed even more toward prosecution based on what we're seeing, especially if uh, funding for State Department initiatives is not a priority, which also other initiatives ended up getting funded through the government. But uh, protection and prevention, 
What do we know about what's happening there right now, JJ? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, on the prevention end, we are still having a lot of disagreements within the field, but also specifically coming from the U.S. government's end on what human trafficking actually is. And by this, I mean there is still a debate within the field about appropriate terms. And so we're seeing the U.S. Department of State listing trafficking in persons, human trafficking, and modern slavery as all equal umbrella terms to refer to both sex trafficking and labor trafficking, or as they're referring to it on their website, compelled labor. This is complicated for a number of reasons, um, because there is a big debate within the field about is, is modern trafficking slavery? Slavery having a very particular term uh, and sort of uh, cachet to it, often referring to sort of chattel slavery or the transatlantic slavery uh, trade um, of history. I, for one, am, am more of a fan of human trafficking because I think it, it more accurately describes how the, the lives of people who, who are currently being victimized. I think that that explains it a little bit better. We're also seeing a continued um, focus on within... Uh, Human Trafficking Awareness Month on child trafficking. So, as we've talked, again, man, apparently my co-word says, as we've talked about before, I'm very redundant. As as we've mentioned, as I'm, I'm sure a lot of you who are in, in the field know, child trafficking, when it comes to to sex, is is automatically sex trafficking because someone under the age of 18 can't consent. Child labor... And then child soldiering are then these two other fields within um, child-based human trafficking that aren't discussed as much. I think child soldiering, because it's, it's a little bit more complicated and nuanced, and it tends to happen in sort of very messy conflict commentary. And then I think for, for child labor, that tends to fall under, I think most people just tend to think of it as being child, you know, exploitative labor or children working in a sweatshop and either think that it's still not the reality or if it is the reality that it's it's a one-off it's an example of a terrible horrific abuse that's happening perhaps you know overseas um and isn't as visible so victims then of these particular crimes when they are found tend to be sort of highly publicized because it you know everybody cares about a child right it's it's very hard to justify any sort of abuse of a child. But again, we know that adults make up the majority of victims, period, in human trafficking. We know that it's a pretty even split between men and women uh, as, as adults in victimhood. And so again, but it's still this continued focus on just children as victims. That concerns me just a little bit. I was hoping in the field we would have expanded a little bit more by now. But on the protection end, which, which does make me quite happy, is we're finally starting to see people talking about the commingling of long of, of disease in human trafficking or long-term health effects in human trafficking. For a long time, people working within sex trafficking circles have talked about how, in addition to sort of mass psychological trauma or emotional trauma, people coming out of maybe sex trafficking situations will also have a variety of sexually transmitted um, diseases or infections. They might suffer from infertility. They might 
suffer from like rectal trauma, urinary difficulties, um, the big one being, you know, sort of uh, bloodborne illnesses like hepatitis or HIV AIDS, or actually, you know, dealing with pregnancy, right? So that's been talked about a lot, but increasingly I'm hearing in discussions of how people who have been labor trafficked are now coming, are now being recognized as having been ill as well. So coming out of their situation with psychological trauma, but also um, things like long-term infections, chronic pain, weak eyes or, or musculature, dental problems, malnourishment, uh, diabetes, or sort of cancer. And then in addition to that, a mix of sort of uh, long-term, more psychological-based issues like um, trauma, depression, culture shock, substance abuse problems, addictive behavior, um, self-harm. So that on that end, it's it's nice to see that there is now sort of a involvement from the medical community about how to help those who have been injured by trafficking and more of a reminder that people are people are scarred by being trafficking people are hurt by being held in, in this bondage whether they're held for a few months or for years this is this is a very serious issue and that it's it's long term you know you you may be able to work through with a therapist maybe the effects of trauma you you may be able to overcome certain illnesses but you know, diabetes brought on by malnourishment isn't going to go away. And so it's this it's this continued torture and this continued reminder of what happened to you, particularly um, what I think it is, is very harsh is this, this idea of chronic pain or chronic injury being caused to people who are then expected to then, you know, that's the problem with the whole rescue model, right? Quote unquote rescue, you're rescued. Okay, well now what? Well, now we expect you to just go out and, and work. And, and figure it out. Um, and as if, you've, if you're U.S. based, I mean, you know, you know the problem with trying to get um, the healthcare that you deem or, or that is necessary for for you to receive. That it's 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 not easy, and that's an ongoing cost for people. So, in the past year, one of the events you might have heard about was in October when the FBI arrested 120 people in a four-day sweep and rescued 84 children from many places, including Denver, in what was called Operation Cross Country 11. Arrests do not always equal convictions, but hey, this was a big raid and credit where credit is due. We want to stop traffickers and we're happy with whatever administration is stopping human trafficking to any degree. And I'll provide a link to that. I will also provide a link to the Department of Justice Human Trafficking News page, which has a nationwide listing of people who've been sentenced or arrested for human trafficking. I mean, you don't have to like the Trump administration. You didn't have to like the Obama administration. But there are people on the FBI and Homeland and even ICE who are doing their jobs. There's things that have been fairly similar the last three administrations because people are doing their jobs. And that can get lost in the news cycle, whether it's from Fox News or whether it's from CNN. I need to remind myself that as much as anyone. 
Mm-hmm. So I am on a on a positive note. We've talked about again with redundancy. I can't stop today. Ugh. Fake news. Um, no, so LCHT, the Laboratory to Combat Human Trafficking, I love them so very much for a, num- for a number of reasons. But they had a post from last year in, in February, actually by Karen Napolino, who uh, is a former colleague, student, and friend of ours. Well, former colleague and student, definitely still friend. And it's phenomenal because it talks about how when you are doing public awareness campaigns for human trafficking, how to do it appropriately so to do no harm to lift up the voices of human trafficking survivors to make sure that people have access to resource networks and i i just think it's a phenomenal article i've linked it below but i think the the big thing is is that when you're looking at these awareness campaigns don't look at it from the position of i'm going to save people but look at it more from the position of how can I help um, to prevent human trafficking from happening? And if I do see something, how can I report on it? And I will say that LCHT is offering um, trainings for that are specialized to professionals in your field for how you can combat human trafficking. So if if you're at all concerned with this, you know how how can you help? That might be a good a good way. I was talking with a friend of mine recently who's an accountant about tax season. And about how, well, maybe if, if, if there are certain things that she notices when she's filing a return for someone, you know, um, either someone who doesn't seem to be getting paid appropriately or someone who is being paid, but like how, you know, has some uh, employees, quote unquote, that are wandering about how to, how to contact them. So I really recommend contacting LCHT. At some point in the next year, we'll have some representative on on our podcast. Mm-hmm. They're a great organization. If you want to support research, we uh, recommend our, our former center that we worked at as student leaders, the Human Trafficking Center at the University of Denver. Yes. They always appreciate funding to do more research. And they always have events that are open to the public as well. And also one of the uh, older anti-trafficking organizations in the modern era, Free the Slaves. We've hosted Maurice Middleberg, the executive director, and uh, they're doing some really good work. They have a really good methodology right now, and uh, they're also a good source for, for news. I'm actually quoting them for one of the news articles that I'm li- listing. Uh, other than that, we will again mention that in addition to the national human trafficking hotline. There's a Colorado human trafficking hotline. And that hotline is 866-455-5075. And there we are. I was trying to think of something snappy to end on, but I got nothing. But uh, from here on out, we expect to have either interviews or very focused topics Mm -hmm. in the next few months. If there's a topic that you like to hear covered, uh, let us know and we will definitely consider it. So with that, uh, have a good week. Try to avoid the news maybe and watch fiction. Enjoy yourselves. Pay attention to human trafficking news and, um, you know, have a brownie. Relax. But make sure that the chocolate is sustainably farmed. Right. 
ski if you can. I don't have a ski pass this year, but that is a good way to forget everything else because when you're barreling down a mountain, you're not thinking about work. You're thinking about either the rush or not crashing. So that's about as happy a note as I'm going to end on, but uh, I will talk to you in our next episode. Bye. Bye. This has been Speaker for the Living. For extended notes and sources, visit our website at speakerfortheliving.com.